Get ready for this episode. It's Hector, Jonathan, and Jess. The ultra-running family is what I'm calling them. The Rodriguez's. Two brothers going after the triple crown of 200s. And their sister is going to crew them and pace them. And she also runs ultras. This is the ultra-running family. If we could just free ourselves of our perceived limitations and tap into our internal fire, the possibilities are endless. I'll tell you about it when it happened in the race, but to be honest with you, it happened even before the race. It happened in the training. Great cause. Oh, thanks. I respect that, man. So you keep doing what you do, man. Keep inspiring. Jam Jam, Jamil Curry here from Aravipa Running, and welcome to the Training for Ultra podcast. For all you kids out there, stay safe and stay strong. Hey everyone, it's the Training for Ultra podcast. Scott Jurek here. It's the 10th Wheatmire. Run a few western states in the day. I was physically totally wrecked. I, I had nothing left. I figured I might as well move as quickly as possible towards the finish line if I was going to be moving towards it anyways. How do you even do that? Decided if I could, you know, finish a 50 miler, I could probably run across the country. Right now I'd say that my beers per day is still higher than my miles per day that I'm running. 100 miles is not that far. Hey, this is Carl Meltzer, the Speed Goat, and I want to welcome everybody to the Training for Ultra podcast. Welcome to episode 159 of the Training for Ultra podcast. My name's Rob. I also go by Training for Ultra, and we have a really cool episode, the Ultra Running family. We're going to talk to Hector, Jonathan, and Jess. Wanted to give a big shout out to the sponsors. Big thank you to Exoskin. They are a annual supporter of the podcast. I really enjoy working with them. Check out a recent Instagram post that I did on toe socks or no toe socks. But this company makes some of the most high-tech yarn available. And this allows things as simple as your socks don't smell after you throw them in a bag you drive a few days or, you know, you travel. Uh, so there's odor control, there's heat re- reduction, there's quick drying, there's rapid wicking, there's friction management. There's all this technology. And what's nice is all you have to do is put on the sock. You don't have to know all, all about the technology. I've had really good luck with all my gear from them and highly recommend the listener check that out. I'll leave a link in the show note for discount code. So really appreciate them. Really appreciate Hammer Nutrition. They've been a longtime supporter. Again, check out the show notes for you know the best discount code that I can find or referral code for Hammer Nutrition. Big shout out to you, Patreon supporters. I couldn't do this without you. And just for background, I am planning to roll out a lot more exclusive video, exclusive audio to Patreon supporters. I love the closed Facebook group. It's just easy to communicate. It's nice to see what you guys are up to and what you're thinking. But shout out to Brian Sands. He's a big supporter. And all you shout out supporters, Hunter, Michael, Andrew, Caleb, David, York Beach, Landon, Pat, Chris, Jared, Ray, Matthew, Scott, Dennis, Really appreciate it. I think in the next episode or two, um, you're welcome to share a message with the community if you want to give a shout out to a friend on how they did during a race or whatever you want. 
really quick message. I will try to include that in the upcoming uh, few episodes. So I'm joined here by three. They all happen to be family members. This is like an ultra-running family. I'm really excited to have Hector, Jess, and Johnny Rodriguez on the episode. Just unbelievable that the three are this passionate about ultra-running. Can't wait to dive into some of their backgrounds, some of their stories, and, and get to know them better. So thank you guys for joining me. Um, thank you for having us on. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'll start with Hector. Hector, how did we get into this mess? You got you got deep into ultra running. I mean, were you were you the one that affected your your other family members? Or I, I got to hear how who got into this first, and then I want to hear more about just how you guys interact at ultras. Yeah, I would say the the way I got started into this mess was I, I blame two people. <laughs> One, the first is my brother who started uh, doing ultras before me. And um, he had told me he was going to go do this 50 miler out in Big Bear, California. So I was like, all right, let me go check that out. Um, And I ended up meeting up with him uh, near the aid station. I still to this day can't remember the mileage, but he was somewhere above 30 miles. And I seen him just look tore up. Like, like I've never seen him beat up before. So I was like, Oh man, like this race going up and down the mountains has just put him in a situation. Like I've never seen before. Cause I've always seen him finish anything. He's went out and competed at least finished. So I jumped on the course with him and was like, all right, let's go. Like trying to give him life. And, uh, we might've won a mile, maybe not even that. And he was breathing hard. He was like taking breaks and he was like, no, I, I can't do it. I can't go any further. And I was super proud of him. But in my head, I was like, Oh man, like what, what just happened? Like one, we're in nature, we're in big bear. There's trees. This is beautiful. This is amazing being on the course with them. And then two, he just DNF. So like how hard was what he just attempted? So like that kind of stuck in my mind. And then uh, three, four months later, David Goggins comes out with Can't Hurt Me mm-hmm. and just really kind of put in that whole kind of training for life and, and uh, you know, the uh, what you can learn from like enduring tough things and ultras and all that kind of stuff. So I would say kind of those two pivotal moments of seeing him fail, being out in nature and then capturing the can't hurt me book and and kind of going with that training for life mentality. Uh, I would say my brother was the one who got us going in ultra. And then I think I took us down the rabbit hole super deep. (laughs) So they can keep me honest, but I think that's how we rolled. So I got to hear now. I mean, Johnny, how did you even hear about this sport? Because not many people hear about it. I mean, how did you come across it? And then I got to hear how, what Jess is thinking with her, her two brothers, just like, you know, going after these big races. Yeah. So, uh, early on, my brother had got me going into triathlons. And so I would find myself, you know, if it was uh, raining or whatever, I'd, I'd run on the treadmill inside and I'd look for something to watch on YouTube. And I came across something that was, it just said ultra. And I was like, Oh, what's an ultra. And, you know, I clicked on it and it happened to be Tim Olson. 
and he was running, uh, you know, it was one of his documentaries. And then I was like, oh, this looks good. And at the time, there was a couple clips of uh, David Goggins on there as well. And so I got off the treadmill. You know, we had just completed a couple uh, half Ironmans, me and my, me and my uh, brother. And so I started researching, how do you find an ultra? Um, and I came across ultra signup. I had never ran on a dirt trail, never off the cement or the street. And I found a, a 50K out in San Diego. I think it's called the Black Peaks 50K. And this was like three weeks away, but I was in, I was in good shape at the time. We, I'd been running triathlon for a little bit. And so I signed up. Um, and that was kind of the, the pivotal moment of when I switched from triathlons into ultra running. Um, and granted, I, I had never ran a dirt trail. I ran That's one time nuts. a trail and then I showed up to the 50K and uh, it was it was a game changer for me. Did you, sure. you show up like Timmy Ol Timothy Olson style, like <laughs> avocado no, in your pocket not. and like a spoonful of coconut oil or <laughs> I, mean... I brought a <laughs> I had bought just like a normal camelback that you got from Big Five because I had no background of the sport. I knew absolutely no one who, who was in it at the time. Um and I just went, bought one yeah, bought a camelback. I filled it up with water, I brought no food with me. I had bought some trail shoes like the week before Ooh. and that's how i showed up um nice no yeah it was it was a, a learning experience for sure that's i mean we could spend the whole episode talking about that but uh i mean jess are you contemplating triathlons and like where are you in the picture there has to be some golden family text message where Things are just like, seriously, you're running this and then Hector chimes in, he's going to go for something or, or like, where do you fit into the picture here? <laughs> well, you know, we kind of grew up in a competitive household as it is. Um, so that always just makes things fun. But I kind of, you know, I've always been an athletic female. I started running my first half marathon, I think back in 2010 and kind of just stayed you know, running, but not competitively or anything. But I actually found ultra running kind of in a point in my life where I think most people might have shied away from a new hobby that can take this much time. Um, I had a three-year-old little boy and a one-year-old little girl who was just learning to walk. I had just gotten into a brand new marriage and I kind of find myself um, happy, loving life, loving being a wife, loving being a mom, but ultimately, you know, maybe missing my passions and finding myself, you know, feeling like I wanted to do something for myself. And at that time, I decided to get pretty intentional with my life and um, deleted all my social media apps. I started paying attention to the things I enjoyed doing with the people I enjoyed doing it with and, you know, kind of really just found myself reengaging with my family and brothers again. And it happened to coincide with um, Hector and Johnny really just doing this thing that they were doing and their new thought process of the pain cave and this lifestyle that we have all developed. So they were on the trail and they were talking about how they were feeling and loving it. And I invited myself. And, you know, the rest is really the history. I went out there one time and they're like, come for a five mile run. We finished and they were like, you want to do it again? Like, let's do it. And it ended up being a 10 mile loop. And like I said, from there, we, you know, we've kind of been on this journey together. It's been pretty amazing. Are you, are you the oldest of the three? 
uh, Hector's the oldest, and then me, okay. and then yeah. And were you the very first to get into running? Um, I think as a family back in the day, I you know my first ultra marathon, I remember actually training with my mom. Um, that's so, who did it. I was. I keep. I'm trying to figure this out. <laughs> She's the uh, tough DNA of this group. Along oh, with, there's along no with the combination. Was your dad a runner too, or athletic? Definitely. Um, well, no, I don't believe so. Not like that. <laughs> I don't know. That just, it just takes possible. one. It just takes one parent uh, yeah. to do it to the whole family here. <laughs> um, that's I think, amazing. Guys. I think it was our uncle. Was it? I I know he started early off in it, Hector. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I know Jose kind of was into it at an early age. Yeah, I would say my mom at an older age um, was still, you know, up for trying to complete a marathon and putting some big goals like that in front of herself. Uh, in parallel, my uncle was the one that pretty much got me and my brother into the Ironmans. But then my brother did that pivot uh, into the trail running. And then I went to that big bear that, that, you know, that I just mentioned downhill since. So, I mean, are you guys all generally in the same location and tell me more about the trails? Like where, where are you guys as you're exploring the trails? I mean, it sounds like together occasionally, which, man, I'm I'm out solo a lot because I like clearing my mind and just not talking. And if you've paced me during a race, if I'm in the zone, it's kind of lonely. Um, but <laughs> but I mean, where are you guys exploring the trails together? And are you still kind of in that same proximity? Uh, I'll take the first stab at that. Um, so right now I'm around and just traveling a lot um my work is virtual and my girls are being homeschooled so i've kind of taken you know the the pandemic that we're in as an opportunity to get really um deep into just being out in nature so nice uh, i spent a lot of time in arizona recently you know running around a lot of those mountains um, right now I'm back in San Diego, so I'm hitting some of the mountains here. I plan to go to Big Bear again and go up the coast. So I've been, you know, blessed with that opportunity. Um, when we all are in the same town like we are right now, um, there's no doubt that we'll find something locally and, and jump on a trail. And absolutely, we like try to plan races together. And then whenever they get opportunities to come visit me wherever I'm at, um, they definitely do it. So it's kind of a mixture. Um, I'm always open to like running with people because I run so many miles by myself anyway, you know, so I kind of get both worlds. Um, so we definitely train when we can together. I've heard of Hector. I've, I've heard of his mileage. It's what is it? Double digits daily. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot, man. <laughs> every day, every day I'm doing it, man. Um, I mean, are you guys, you guys are in California most of the time, like uh, when you're not, um, you know, sort of remote working COVID weird, whatever we want to call this world we live in right now. Um, are you guys all, all from California normally? 
Yes. Yeah. Out in California. Okay. So you're hitting absolutely like stunning trails. For sure. I mean, did that, did that play a big role in this or I mean, no, I, I think just again, like when I first ran in the first race, I had never even been on a trail. I think we were just blessed enough to be in an area that once we got into trail running, there was just happened to be some around us. Yeah. Well, I'll shift gears and the reason I reached out was I saw an Air Viper race taking place and I I think I was following Hector on Instagram, but I saw him like taking the lead and trying to help others like get through ultras and I just felt like he was doing something more than I normally see. And I've seen so many updates on social about running and ultras and whatnot and races, but you were, it seemed like you were almost more excited for other people running than you were even, you know, worried about your own race. And that's why I reached out. Um, and Jess was there too. I mean, do you guys want to tell me a little bit more about that? And then we'll get into this, nutty world of triple crowns and 200s yeah i'll I'll go first and then uh, i'll give it to jess but i think you're absolutely right um what i found in the you know kind of going into the pandemic and all of like the social distancing and you know the isolation and all that kind of stuff is that people really started feeling alone uh i just sensed it and if you follow me on Instagram, you, you you definitely have heard me say Wolfpack. And what that means to me is just community, you know, tribe, uh, a team. And I really just saw people needing to feel a part of something, to feel encouraged, to feel loved. So I really started like shouting it out with some of the other folks to give that back to people to know that, Hey, they're not alone. Let's keep training. Let's keep getting after it. Let's push boundaries. You know, running is not canceled. You know, let's get healthy. Let's, let's get after it as, as a crew, as a team. So uh, I think you hit the, the, the nail on the head that now that like more people are, are believing that, are joining and now I'm going like, yo, H Rod is gonna be at Aravipa, come run. And now we have enough people coming that we can fit a baseball lineup. Like heck yeah, I'm pumped. I'm excited for them. I'm excited to see them push new limits. Like I literally told everybody like I would gladly go up and down the course to make sure everybody crosses if, if needed. That day on the on the Aravipa race, um, I ran the 50K and all six people finished. I had two buddies that were running the 100-mile course. And after the race, I text my buddy who's still on the course and said, like, how are you looking? Do you need a pacer? And he's like, yeah, man, if you can come out, that would be great. I was like, I got 32 miles on my leg, but to make sure you get to the finish line, I'm coming back out. So I set an alarm. Compared to his 50 or 60 or <laughs> wherever he was yeah to run mile 80 to 100 with him (laughs) unfortunately he dnf before i got to him but that was my plan because that's how much like it means to me to see these people like in this situation still getting after it still pushing limits still trying to be better 
Um, and I think there's just so much benefit in, in being on the trails and mentally enduring tough things that it benefits just life. And I'm such a big believer in that. So yeah, I'm ex- yeah. I was super excited to just have these people mentally getting tougher, being out in nature and just rocking as a team that, yeah, I, I would have gladly been last place on that race. And, and I like, I don't care about my ultra sign up stats or anything like that. Like I have more fun rocking that way in the race and, and making sure everybody gets to the finish line. And I noticed it. I, again, you know, it's, it's one thing to see posts about people's own runs in, I honestly, it, people might not know this about myself. I can't stand having to post a photo of me running or doing anything else. Like the, the triple crown TV show on Amazon was the point of like, okay, I'm so sick of talking about like my story and sharing that. Like, uh, I, I really want to focus on other people and seeing that through, uh, what you were sharing and how you were more excited for other people running. I mean, I couldn't help myself, but reach out and it sounds like your sister was there. Jess, did you, did you run the 50 K? Do you just run 50 K's on a whim? Like your mom, your mom's, your mom's tough DNA is coming through all you guys. It's crazy. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I do 50 K's is kind of my sweet spot, but to your point, you know, I really do enjoy the, um, you know, helping people get, you know, to the finish line. So the Arvepa race that you actually spoke of was, um, my college roommate's first ultra running race that she's ever done. And she was inspired by our Hector's, I call it our Hector's 240 journey on the Moab. Um, yeah. And she, after that trail and after watching, she decided she wanted to get out there. And I find that, um, I actually find that when I am focused on somebody else's pain in their runs and focused on getting somebody else to the finish line, my pain becomes secondary. So in my crewing, my brothers per se, my longest run ever was crewing Johnny to his 60 K or I'm sorry, hundred K 60 mile finish line. Um, and I ended up running the most miles I ever ran. And the most elevation I ever got was crewing Hector on his Moab 240. And my pain wasn't even there because I'm so focused and my goal is to get them to the finish line. So it's an incredible thing that happens when you take your focus away from you and you put it on somebody else. And this sport has given me such a chance to see that and um, experience that. And to me that, you know, that has just been priceless. And at the same time, I am competing and doing these amazing events and seeing these things and reaching and expanding my limits. So I find it to be such an awesome opportunity to, um, that we get. You guys are all incredible. And by the way, I'll, I'll reach out to your old roommate. I'll talk her into a (laughs) hundred. Got to get her a hundred before she does like 200. Um, there you go. But, uh, so, I mean, let's, let's take this the next step. Um, and again, you guys are incredible. Like you're well-spoken, but so grounded. It's so refreshing to hear this. Like this, this is probably one of the more exciting episodes I've done in a long time. So I appreciate it. But who, who came up with the idea of the triple crown here, guys? Was it Hector or was it Johnny? 
And oh, will you, know you be the first is. brothers going after the triple? And that that's definitely the goal. We're, we're uh, definitely going to try to be the first brothers. But yeah, Triple Crown was definitely Hector's idea coming into it. Uh, I myself was just wanting to complete, you know, one of the 200 milers. But but it's like, let's just go for it. You know, I kind of I pull off his energy and or, you know, I feed off that energy he's got. And, and I was like, yeah, let's let's go for it. You know, it's a mindset. It's a training. I, do you have the you know, you would firsthand know what it takes to how hard you have to train for one of those races and. It's understanding, is that mindset? Do I have that mindset? Do I have that that ability right now? And and after that, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, and he was already going for it. So it's it's going to be a fun adventure for sure. And Johnny, really quick, what's the longest race you've done so far? Uh, I've done uh, over 100. I did 100 miles. Okay. Have you done that more than once or, or once? Uh, no, just once. Okay. And Hector, so it sounds like everyone's blaming you for this idea. Yeah, I would say I'm blame <laughs> and I'm joking. Sure. My my sarcasm's horrible. I'm sorry, guys. Probably like yeah, uh, driving uh, nuts. I mean, as, as I know, you would probably attest, man. Uh, and I know my brother and my sister were both part of my crew in Moab. Um, you know, besides my probably like my besides my marriage and my and my kids being born, like Moab experience. Uh, on so many levels was just epic. Like it was just such a beautiful, magical city. Uh, and to share, you know, the course that David Goggins is on, that you're on, that Courtney B. Walter, Cameron Haynes, like all these legends to me, uh, watching your classic documentary on the, on, on the trilogy um, really inspired me. And then like, I, I also, so like I, I see I see your documentary. I personally am out on the course and just seeing the beauty in it. Um, the people, you know, like I reached out to you. I don't know if you remember this, but I reached out to you like months before the Moab, hitting you with questions. And oh, I you do. Answered, and you answered every single one. I do. Um, yeah. I at mile seventy two, like I saw Mike McKnight, and now like I would almost call him a friend. Uh, you know, I've chatted with Candace Burt. I, you know, had a pleasant conversation with David Goggins. Um, so like in addition to like the, the, the trail running and the hard aspect, it's like the community, uh, in the ultra world is like the best. Like everybody has just been so amazing, so supportive, so helpful, um, that I just want to continue to be around it. Like it, it's the vibe I like. So if you give me an opportunity to go see some of the Pacific Northwest, oh, it's so go, amazing. Tahoe, go yeah. back to Moab, let me chop wood for 200 plus miles around some of the most beautiful people on the planet, most inspiring, uh, you know, all that good stuff with my crew. Um, I can't ask for anything more. Like that's, that's paradise to me. So I'm, I was like, oh yeah, we're gonna go for it. I'm just glad you finished Moab 240 because I was, I think I was the one that was like giving you advice on lights and packs, and I think you were asking me about like socks and shoes and everything. But uh, I wanted to steal what you were wearing in the movie because I was like, I have no idea how big of a pack I need. I, I don't know yeah. what jacket's good. You know, I, I knew nothing. Almost like my brother mentioned just now on his first trail run and looking at timothy olsen like i was looking at you going 
all right, what bag is he using? What's he rocking with? You know, yeah. how's he doing it? So I ran, uh, it was awesome. I ran all Moab 240 on a spoonful of coconut oil. I mean, and I was shirtless. Um, <laughs> no, I, I watched that, that video of Timothy Olson and actually inspired the heck out of me a long time ago. Um, well, Hector, I mean, you have the 240 experience. Johnny doesn't. How are you going to convey what it takes to just finish one 200 mile race, let alone, I mean, you saw me like laying down, sleeping on the trail, just struggling through all three of the races. I mean, you've experienced some of it. I mean, I, I try to paint the picture as best I can to not like sugarcoat it, but not scare people either. Um, like what's the strategy here? Cause the races are coming up. They're not too far away. Was it start Bigfoot 200 starts in August? Yeah, my brother just had mentioned that. Like, I think we're probably what seven seven months away already. You excited? Um, it's coming up soon. You guys yeah. excited? Yeah, I'm absolutely. Pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I think the strategy is 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 he said it earlier. He feeds off my energy, and my energy ain't going nowhere. Um, like I'm feeling really really good. Like today, like I I'm ready to go now. So, uh, you know. Kind of going back to what I was doing at the Aravipa event, um, my goal is to just get in the best shape possible, uh, keep putting the miles down. Um, right now, I'm in a position to where I'm using 50Ks as training races, so I'm going to keep doing that. Um, beautiful. Yeah, yeah that, that way I can be my best. Um, and the same way I was supporting those eight people in, in Arizona a couple weeks ago, I'll do the same for him. So if, if I need to keep him energized, keep him moving, you know, almost be a pacer with him throughout the whole thing, then I'll be ready and willing to do that. But, you know, hopefully he's trained up and ready to go and we just feed off each other and we chop the wood until the 200 miles and 40,000 feet of climbing are done. No, there's 42,000. <laughs> Don't forget that 2,000 feet of gain, yeah. Hector. The last 2,000 feet race is straight up or straight down. You're going Dude. over Everest a few times, so get ready, guys. Yeah. All right. Are you running this whole thing together? Johnny, are you planning on running with Hector and vice versa? Is this like borderline mili military will. operation? I definitely will try to run with him the whole time, but if there's any bit of doubt in my mind, which I'm hoping there won't be, I mean, I'm definitely, I don't want to hold him up either, but yeah, my main goal would just stick with him the whole time. So army ranger style, almost like what happens, yeah, what happens if step. one of you guys like twist your ankle? Are you going, or will you make the call then? Or like, do you, have a strategy ahead of time, I would assume, right? Uh, I'm, if you know, if we twist an anchor or something, you know, it, I'll actually bring it up. In, in Moab, I was pacing him, and I actually fell down while I was pacing him in Moab and hurt my knee. I wasn't looking <laughs> at the trail, <laughs> and you know, he actually stayed with me for like 15 minutes, and so it felt a little bit better. And then we ran through those, uh, I think it was the Lasalles Mountains together, all the way through to the end. Now, with something a little bit more than that, then I'll just I'll tell him, hey, I'll go ahead and push on and. And uh, I'll get to the next aid station. You know, if it's anything too serious, and obviously I would 
I would never leave him and he would never leave me, but um, something small or minor, you know, uh, hopefully we'll be able to just push through that pain. And I, I can't wait to keep in touch with you guys as you go through those three races and, and Candace Burt's a genius on how she's planned it, planned all three races and the timing between them's perfect. And there's so much that goes into developing these races. So you guys will really enjoy it. And I mean, my only words of wisdom uh, would be that as much physical training as it takes, I mean, it's a ton of mental strength and it might not be like a David Goggins type mental training that it necessarily takes. It's more like paying attention to each foot strike because it only takes one twisted ankle to, to ruin the triple. So it's just like, how do you stay focused for, I think it took me 255 hours to complete the triple, which is really slow, but, um, (laughs) compared to like Mike McKnight, um, but seriously to stay focused for that long is, Mm -hmm. I think the biggest battle, uh, and, and also keeping Jess interested. I mean, Jess, are you crewing the triple for two people? You, I'm going to try my best. That's for sure. When you were asking that question in my head, I was thinking, oh no, if they separate, how am I going to handle that? <laughs> so I'm hoping they stick together, but you know, we've gotten the system down pretty good. Um, so I, I'm hoping it's not going to be too much different. I mean, it, it might be kind of fun. If Are you going to pace at all or are you strictly crew? Um, no, I'm definitely pacing. I wouldn't let them get that opportunity without me. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, I, I I will definitely be getting on the trail. I think I'm actually going to use it to try to get to my first 50 miler. I've done, you know, a few 35, uh, 50 Ks, but I'm going to try to use it for my longest run while pacing them and seeing the amazing views. Yeah. I mean, Right out of the gates, prepare yourself for boulders, guys. And then I would say mile 30 or so, probably the most plush, beautiful trails ever for like the next 40 or 50 miles. Just try to get in for Bigfoot as much as possible. And then, uh, I mean, all I can say is Tahoe 200, get ready for quartz dust that will just destroy your feet. So I know I did see that in your video. Uh, Exoskins the sponsor of the podcast and they've been a huge supporter of everything I do, but that's for a reason. So if you don't already use some of their socks and calf sleeves, like check that stuff out and squirrels, nut butter. Uh, I, I preach 100%. that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that one. But yeah, Jess, this is an opportunity because you pick up pacers at Moab 240. I want to say pretty early. So it's it's an opportunity for you to really set a giant PR if if you want. Yeah, no, awesome. I was able to pace Hector uh, two segments. I think it was almost thirty miles on the Moab in last year. So, and I was lucky enough to be able to bring him in, which was something I will never forget. So I definitely planned um, to hit up Bigfoot and vol- I'm actually thinking about volunteering there. So that's awesome. Off. That's really yeah. awesome. Nothing like hallucinating down the final stretch of Moab 240. Right, Hector? <laughs> I mean, you just, you, there's not many people in the world that have 
seen people that don't exist on that road and then turned in and got a 240 mile belt buckle. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, what else am I missing about this? You guys are like the ultra running family. Like this is really pretty amazing story. I'll open it up to anyone. Anyone. Jess is on mute, so maybe we'll go with Johnny. What am yeah, I missing? You know, what am I, I missing I about Hector or, or vice versa? Like you guys are going to be potentially the first brothers doing the triple. Like this I is a world a Guinness Book of World Records situation, possibly. I don't know. I think it just even makes it. You know, it, it's already a, an amazing you know chance to run these races. Uh, it makes it that much more exciting. And uh, it's one of those, like, no pressure, but we're going to go for, like, a world record type deal, you know. But um, just just feeding off, like I said, his energy and the training plan. I've asked him already, hey, what, what should training plans look like for this? And as long as I stick to him, you know, uh, following T for T, exactly what he's got going on, I, I feel pretty confident in it. Um, we we work hard. We, we train hard. We get as much miles as we can. So it's just staying healthy all throughout the year and making sure we don't get any injuries. Um, that you is know. key. Yeah. Yeah. It could be and exactly like you said, like a rolled ankle could ruin it. Um, you know, it could be the week before going a light run and ruin your ankle. So it's just a matter of not only paying attention as much as in the race, but just everything leading up to it, just cause it's a, it's a huge opportunity. And, and it, it's something that I really, I'm, it's like a pinnacle point of a, of our ultra running careers is the triple crown. So staying healthy, having fun and, and doing it as a family has always, has always been great. It just for that simple fact, like you're saying, we don't, we always have someone to talk to. There's always those group conversations of us going back and forth with races. You know, I, we we're talking about a few that we have over the next few months. So, uh, it's keeping happy, keeping healthy and, and running together is always, always a great time. I can't em- emphasize that enough. It's like, Come in five percent undertrained, and know like you skip two two runs, and have zero injuries at the start line of the triple crown. Like it, that's why I was like giddy at the beginning of of the triple. If you if you see it in the TV show, it's like the stress of any little short easy run can take you out and at any moment of all these races you can be taken out it's stressful it's really stressful yeah, it's like, it's like an all-year stressful thing yeah it's like i at no point you know if we start feeling anything you got to make sure you heal right you gotta if you're not straight strong in one area start strengthening that area as quick as possible and really just be as consistent and 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 as possible because consistency is key obviously you would know in this sport just staying true to yourself and and chopping wood and getting the miles as much as possible. So what what does chopping wood mean for you guys? Like what what is a training plan for the triple crown? Uh, you know, for me, it's it's just setting weekly miles. Uh, not only weekly miles, we I do I work out twice a day, so I'll do like strength training, and then I'll catch miles in the evening, um, and then just as much as we can. You know, I did a, a hundred k run. Was it, uh, I couldn't make the Aravipa event that they had and I had signed up for it. Um, so instead I couldn't make it. So I ran it on my trail mill at home just to make sure I still got the mileage. And then every month I'm at least trying to hit, uh, at least one to two ultras and then working on as much strength training as possible. Um, and then, you know, weekly digits of, of at least 75 miles is kind of the goal, 60, 75, and then 
you know, I just had my first 120 mile week. Uh, it was almost two weeks ago. So just staying hungry. That's really big. Yeah. I mean, it worked out. So Hector, if Johnny does 75 one week and you're like a little light, is he pushing you to train or vice versa? Like, are you guys kind of like army Rangers here, keeping each other in check? No, I'm a, I'm a, I go to, I have a, a different approach. Uh, and I think I'd be curious to know how many people rock it like me. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely in the minority. Um, I seen Cameron Haynes, uh, put on his stories. It was probably just a, a, a another day for him. Yeah. And he's cruising yeah. and he's like, I've had, you know, a hundred miles these past six days and it's eight o'clock at night and I'm going to go run a marathon and I'm going to be out here till midnight. And I'm doing that because I want to train to be at my best when my body's at its worst. And I don't know why it just a light bulb went off. And my personal belief is that me adopting kind of that philosophy and training, which I think is very dangerous if you're not very in tune with your body. Um, so I, 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 like, I don't recommend it to people, but it's how I operate. So for example, like I'm, uh, like I told myself February, I'm feeling good. I'm going to get it rocking all month. So I've hit, uh, three consecutive days of 20 miles. Uh, on Saturday, I'm going to hit 58. Sunday, I'm going to hit 20 miles. Next weekend, I'm going to hit hundred K. The next weekend I'm signed up for a 50 K. And then the next weekend I'm going to go meet a buddy and hit a 50 K. And like, I'm going to hit hundred mile weeks while doing that. And I know people are like, probably like, that's way too much. It's crazy. Like I get it, but that's just how I am. It's how I like to train. I'm more of like a high volume guy. And I believe that I'm so, I, I believe that my ways of training has me knowing once I start to feel like crap that I go, okay, let me walk a little bit. And then I uh, let me walk a little bit more. Oh, okay. I'm feeling a little better. I'm feeling a little better. And then I get back going where I think a lot of people get to that point And then they're like, all right, I'm done. And they don't realize they have more in the tank to give. So yeah. I, I like to kind of train like that. So I'm always um, putting a lot of races out there or, or doing our own pretty difficult challenges. So I'm definitely in the, in that higher volume camp. I mean, I've, I've learned everyone has their own ways of doing things. I mean, there's been guys where I'm like 100% that guy's going to break and then he goes and wins the race. So, um, I, I've learned like, I don't have the time or the effort to like analyze other people's training. Like if they have a coach, if they don't like, they know their bodies. If you're an ultra runner, that's basically what you know best is to listen to your body. But like I've personally, I've probably done one week of a hundred miles of training and I might've came up short. It might've been like 90. Um, I'm like a much more lighter volume. And then I really like to lean into races as long runs and it might be shocking, but like before the triple, I think I did, 40 50 mile weeks like nothing nothing too crazy 
just because I knew I was going to dig so deep during the race itself. It was like, get the adrenal glands ready because we're going to be taxing them for the next three days. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Johnny, how many miles are you putting in? Uh, Weekly? Yeah. So this week, I think I'm touching 85. The week before that, I did 120. Um, and I'm staying, I'm staying around, I'm staying right around that. Um, you know, I think like the lowest point I'll have is 70 miles. Um, other than that, I try to stay as high, uh, high above that as possible. I mean, but I would say that's my minimum. Um, but it does help. Like I say, you know, we try to do like the 50 K, uh, training runs or, or anything like that. It just builds on our miles, but I, I pretty much stick around that area. I don't, I've never hit above 120. Um, but I got to, I got the opportunity to do it and my legs still felt great. I didn't feel, you know, I didn't still, I think I could have went a little bit higher, but I right around there is good. I mean, mentally, are you guys like, what does a, like a big horn 100, so a hundred miler with some vert, does that intimidate you guys at all? Or are you guys both to the point where it's like a hundred milers just, you had to put in the work and you could get it done. Uh, um, go ahead. I would say for me, um, I think a lot of it is mental mindset. Um, you know, like when you're thinking, Hey, I'm going to go do a 10 mile run, you know, at mile eight or nine, you're like, ah, oh, you know, this sucks. Or, you know, you start getting tired. But if you're out and you're like, hey, I'm going to go do a 20-mile run, uh, at mile 10, you're like, all right, I'm still cool. And then maybe at mile 17, 18, you know, you start feeling like crap. I've kind of learned that. So I do – I have a 100-miler planned in June, the SD100. and nice. In the, dis- to the I, triple crown. I have to do but, that race <laughs> at some point. It's a yeah, beautiful one. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's what I hear. Um, so – like, I think my mindset will be, like, be focused on the 200 to make the 100 easy, if that makes sense. So, I'm not saying the 100 is going to be easy. Like, absolutely, it's going to kick my butt. But, like, I'm not overwhelmed by it because I'm thinking 200 to 240. You know what I mean? So, so I got I got two, two quick ones here with training. Like, what's the intensity level? Are, are you guys big on, like... 80 20 type principle where like 80 percent of your runs are super easy and then you throw in like the quick twitch type you know training efforts stimulus or, or how are you picturing that stuff and I'll, I'll start with johnny here uh i would say you know just like you said most of my runs are you know like they're not the fastest you know nine and a half ten minute miles the whole time um and then maybe getting closer to to it i'll start going a little bit harder but i would say most of my runs is all lighter runs um but not shying away from any types of elevation i'll try to get as much elevation and climb as i can that's but, that's a big part of the triple yeah for sure i, I try to yeah. get as much as that as possible do, i mean do not be fooled by moab's uh chart the the vert <laughs> chart it's very oh, deceiving yeah. very deceiving uh, Hector, are you doing 80-20 type running or 70-30, 90-10? I, I don't know. Yeah, the, the way, like, like for me, uh, I train for life, and the races are, like, secondary. So, like, 
I'm not somebody like I almost don't care how I perform in the race long as I'm giving best effort in whatever I want to do. So like, for example, I'm purposely going to go into this race this weekend with some tired legs just to go out there and just make sure that I'm keeping it moving even when I'm tired, just like I'm going to have to do in Moab. Um, And I made a commitment to myself after, and this was just a wild thing to do, but I've stuck with it. And it's been one of the best things for me in my life, not just running, was in December of 2018, grabbed that Can't Hurt Me book, heard Goggins tell Joe Rogan, I get after it every day. And I've been on that mentality. I've been a student to Goggins, to Cameron Haynes, to guys like that. And I roll that way. And to answer your question, like I hit 10 miles pretty much every day or I average it for the last two years. uh, And I'm rolling with it again this year. Um, A lot of times if I'm dead tired, I'll walk, I'll hike. Or I'll go, and if I'm feeling good, I'll go run. So, like, yesterday I hit 20 miles. The first 13, I felt like crap, walked a lot of it. And then all of a sudden, like, as I've seen so many times, I just started feeling good. The mindset started getting right. And my wife ended up finding me on the streets out here in San Diego, and I was flying. Like, I was feeling great from mile, like, 13 to 20. So I kind of just go with how my body feels. I definitely do um, – I do have some key workouts that I'll focus more on speed, but I'm more of somebody that I'm just in that daily grind every day. And like now it's so, it's such a norm for me to get my 10 miles that I'm like antsy and feeling super weird if I don't. So I'm, I'm always just moving. I've I've heard of that. I've heard the body just adapts to that type of mileage and it becomes... You almost go through withdrawal if you're not, you know, putting yes. in 10 miles a day. Jess, yes. how are how are you training for these two lunatics? Like, I was gonna your say. job's huge, <laughs> and your job probably involves equal amount of training, just different type of training, like, in terms of Luca tape and, like, knowledge base and, like, knowing their needs, yes. knowing what they like, calorie-wise. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I, I'm definitely the crew boss when it comes to this. I'm generally the one that people are looking to when it comes to an aid station. I'm, we pretty much got it down to a a machine where I'm like calling out who's going to be doing what and what's going to be doing what, but I'm lucky because these are my brothers. So I can look at them and I know that, okay, he's not going to answer me. He's not going to say anything. He doesn't want to hear me. And none of it is personal. So I get that little, um, a a little, uh, edge. (laughs) Yeah. A little edge compared to most. And we spend so much time together that, and especially in these trails and we've um, done so much training together that it doesn't, they don't have to say anything and you know, it's known. Um, but my training is also a little bit different than theirs. They are definitely the David Goggins, going into the pain cave, training for life. You know, I'm going to be able to do this for my family, taking it down to like existence and being able to survive. I, my training is more of the happy runner, David Roach mentality where I'm running to be happy. I am running, I'm still getting my miles in. Um, but 
I am not in that same regard, but I am also training for life. I am also training and doing this for the challenges, for the experiences, and for the celebrations. Those are what, what drives me to get these things done. So my training um, is nowhere near as in the miles they are, but I definitely try to get in the trails a couple times a week. I'm on my treadmill, um, making sure that miles are definitely staying on my legs. I have a pretty good baseline to where at any point I can pretty much jump into a 50K with little to no notice. So I try to keep and maintain that. You're humble then- too on that point. <laughs> that's big, that's huge. Like yeah, just go I'm- run a ultra, you know, at will. Yeah. You know, I think he called me on Thursday and we were on the trail on on Saturday hitting it. It was amazing. I actually, yeah, I called her Thursday night and I said, Hey, I'm thinking about running a hundred K this weekend for this virtual race. I'm in, I said, would you pace? And like 24 hours later, she's, she just hit a PR at 40 something miles with me running from the top of San Diego to the bottom. And I'm like, your baseline is amazing. (laughs) It was, it was great. Yeah. She has a great baseline. But for me, that that type of challenge and self-supported 35-mile run down the coast with my brother where we're figuring out how we're going to use the bathroom, get food, get there, get home, and do all of these challenges makes the challenge of life easier. You know, the next weekend, I was going to be driving five miles on a road or five hours on a road trip with my children alone and it seemed like nothing in comparison to the 35 miles I ran previously. And before that, the five hour road trip with two toddlers would have been seeming impossible. Mental Um, strength like no other. Exactly. So I just use it in the same way they do as, you know, training for life and expanding my limits. And each time I, you know, challenge myself and I can do this 35 mile self-supported run in the middle of a pandemic I can drive five hours with my kids and that expands my limits and expands my child's experiences. And so getting back out on the trail and doing the work and doing the training is easy when, you know, that bigger picture is out there and, um, driving you. I mean, you only give up half of yourself per kid. So, you know, (laughs) you guys all know, um, exactly. So I've, I've done Bigfoot 200 without crew or pacers. It's, extreme it's an extreme place but the mental fog that kicks in once you've passed and these these races shouldn't be thought of in terms of miles like bigfoot should be thought of more in terms of just time on your feet because of how much climbing and i mean you're crossing rivers left and right it gets really extreme but and before we go into food related questions i want to hear jess What's your sleep strategy? Like the big question is always, oh, you're doing a 200 miler. You're an athlete. You're running the whole race. Like what's your sleep st- sleep strategy? I want to hear trying to crew for these two guys for the triple. I mean, I've seen a cameraman struggle trying to just keep up with everything for the triple. Ryan Clayton did an awesome job. Um, do you have a sleep strategy for yourself? Because you have to... You have serious travel in between aid stations and like serious yeah, you, sleep deprivation for yourself. Yeah, we learned that through the Moab. Our first trip at Moab was 
we were highly unprepared for the distances that we were going to be traveling between aid stations and how long it would take us to get there. So the one thing I learned about crewing and pacing is it's a hurry up and wait scenario because the worst thing you want to do is not be there. And then you get there too early and you end up waiting. So we got down to a science where we had a minivan and actually had a rollout mattress put in the back of the minivan and took some seats out. So, you know, I would be driving up to the aid stations and sitting waiting for potentially hours had he slowed down his pace or whatever the case may be. Um, and we just turn our car into a mobile unit, really. And it becomes our home. Now we have so many countless pictures of us either sleeping in there, playing in there, just waiting. So we turn our car into our home and um, do our best. And we got lucky that we were at the aid station every single time and um, were able to give them what they needed. So I'm hoping that we can keep that. There's definitely a lot of work that goes into crewing and pacing before you get there. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we had Excel schedules going on, you know, if I'm going this pace at this time, will I hit cut off? You know, what time, how many minutes does it take to get to the aid station? What time do I need to leave there? And if his pace changes, you know, these are the clothes I need to wear. He needs based upon weather, daytime, nighttime, supplies. So the... Oh, there's so many variables. Exactly. Don't stress me out like this. I can't handle it again. (laughs) That's what I can do best for them is do the front end planning. I know that based upon our best estimate, you're going to be at these aid stations at these times and giving them that power. What what are you going to do for yourself? Do you have a a plan for yourself? Because... This is going to be taxing for you. Come Moab, you're going to be worn out. It's going to be 60 days in, and you're going to be like, what the hell is going on? You'll be hallucinating probably, too. (laughs) That's when I'm going to tap into my training, right? That's when the ultra runner comes out, and you just go forward and endure. I like Um, that answer. (laughs) We're going to get it done. (laughs) So, I mean, Hector and Johnny, what is your strategy Because, again, I think you guys running together for the triple is your biggest asset. Like, it's amazing. You basically have a pacer the whole time. But at the same time, if one of you guys has an issue, if one has a stomach bug or whatever happens, like, how do you get through that aspect? Because I see that as just a giant hurdle that needs a rigid plan B and C, like, way ahead of time. Hector, I'll start with you. I would say my plan would be, I mean, hopefully we get going early uh, to get, you know, well ahead of cutoff times. Um, Stick together. uh, Hopefully feed, feed off each other's energy. Um, I'm going to try to go, you know, in the best shape of my life, mentally and physically, like, like I'm ready to go right now. Like you and her just talking right now. And in my head, I'm like, let's go. Like <laughs> I'm ready right now. So the half the battle yeah. is already won. So yeah, just keep the, the energy high. Um, keep track of, you know, how we're doing via time. Um, and if we run into an issue, if we run into an issue to where like, he's like, severely hurt or, you know, something 
that's like more emergency related than you know then if I got a DNF to take care of them or something like that then that's absolutely my you know it is what it is like I'll come back another year it won't be the end of the world like it is what it is but if it's something like where he may need more sleep or you know it just issues and I see that it's a risk to finishing um you know, then I may pull ahead to make sure that I can at least finish. And I would want him to do the same. Like if, if he sprained, if I sprained an ankle and I couldn't make it, like I would be telling him like, go make sure you finish. Like, yeah. The or have, have that game plan. You know, yeah. if you got to cut the rope and you're both hanging there off the mountain cliff, like you gotta, you just gotta plan ahead. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. Um, and, and I, I guarantee you there'll be a point at the Triple Crown where you guys are looking at each other like, damn, training for ultra was right. Um, <laughs> it, and, and you'll overcome it. Uh, it's just get that plan B and C ready because, I mean, this is like a, not really war per se. I mean, it's like war within yourself, I'd say. Um, it's, it's war within yourself, but it, it, it could be more challenging with someone else. You might be surprised. Yeah, I, I could see that, you know, like, especially if like I'm dead tired and I got the legs to run these four miles fast, you know, versus walk it. And then this would give me an extra 30 minutes of sleep or something. Like I can absolutely see. Exactly. Scenarios like that, or I'm dying. Cause I, you know, ran out of water i drank it all too fast or you know there's so many variables like you mentioned it's energy systems are going to be different they cycle differently so unless you guys are like siamese like there's just no way your energy systems are gonna sync up on that level but who knows yeah i agree um just moving forward though so johnny i gotta ask you when you're training are you doing anything like a depleted run, which is a little, a little risky, honestly, if the listeners like, what the heck's that Google search? Um, like, are you doing any kind of special diet designed for just stupid long ultra races? Uh, yeah, actually I took some of, uh, Hector's advice who, who I know he, he got from and, and I'm keto. Okay. Uh, so just low carb, um, and sometimes, yeah, I find myself getting some of those because, you know, very more often than not, I'm going to say I'm going out for X amount of miles and, and during that run, I feel good and I'll just keep pushing. And before you know it, I'm, I'm real deep into a run and I'm like, I haven't brought water, I haven't brought food. So I put myself in real uncomfortable positions purposely, um, you know, more often than not, just to be able to get used to that aspect of these races coming up. Um, and then switching my diet up to, uh, low carbohydrate, just so that way I can get some more fat burning in case, you know, these long stretches in between the aid stations would help just, and be beneficial. Yeah. Just wait, you throw carbs in, it's like rocket fuel. Exactly. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, you've experienced so the first two weeks. I think the first two weeks of running as you're getting into keto, maybe it's three weeks, actually, you know, that level of pain. Um, and that level of like just discomfort and like messed up hydration because you need more salt. Um, prepare for that every three miles into an aid station times what, like 15 aid stations or whatever it is. 
Like just Correct. mentally be prepared and accept the pain now. You'll you'll be way ahead of the the crowd. I mean, it's Sun Tzu, the art of war, like every battle is fought before the war, whatever the saying is. Um <laughs> yeah, for like, sure. I know what you mean. Get get it down now. Like and, yeah. and just mentally prepare for it. I mean, Hector, are you doing depleted runs or, or what's your diet like in preparation for the Triple Crown? So a, a funny story is um, Game Changers came out and I was always doing like I like doing things to mess with my mind. So like I'll do a challenge where it's like every day I'm going to do a cold water bath for a month or I'm going to go plant based for a month, which I did when I saw Game Changers. And I was feeling fantastic for a long period um, with that diet. I watch your documentary and I see you smashing like three burgers <laughs> at one of the aid stations. And I was like, oh, he probably just got like 2000 calories with those three burgers. <laughs> I was like, I better acclimate and get some meat and, and some, some of that type of food that way, some dense food. So that way I can sustain, get, get, you know, refueled and get the calorie intake I'm going to need in the triple crown. So I actually literally adjust my plant base to getting back meat and eggs and all that stuff from watching your video and going like, all right, like I'm going to, you know, I'm, I didn't know too what they were going to have at the aid stations. If they're going to have like plant based items that would, yeah, you know, they, have they, they so, will as, as you know, um, and the irony of all this is that I had like so much of that just crap food that I went vegan after the triple crown because I just, I looked at like any kind of beef or anything. I was just like totally grossed out after I probably had like 20 cheeseburgers. They were double cheeseburgers a lot of times too with bacon. <laughs> and it was like, um, but it gave me a big leg up because I knew my body could digest it in the calorie burn yeah. is so vast. And a lot of that, the early part of the triple was when I was slamming calories like that. Uh, Cause the vert 42,000 feet of gain is more than once climbing up Everest. So it's like, you're not only doing 206 miles distance, but then you're climbing Everest and a half. So it's like, Good Lord, people don't really get that race. That's it's such a toll on your body. Um, but I, I talked to a, a guy that was uh, SEAL Team 7, and he talked about how they trained to just basically be in any environment, be dynamic, and eat anything they need to just like get through the mission. And I think that sort of applies to the Triple Crown. Candace will have vegan options. She'll have vegetarian options and regular options. But, um, I mean, if you're able to get super high calories in without the carbs, it, I think it gives you a leg up in some regards, but there's always guys that are, uh, breaking that rule too. So, um, I'd say, make sure you test the hell out of it and, and be prepared. Cause you don't want to try something new and have a stomach bomb during the triple crown. That would, Oh yeah. And for sure. Yeah. And I'm your brother's going to be over there waiting for you. And it's, just, it's not going to be good. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, no, the, the video as my reference point. So I was like, I see you smashing burgers. So like, I better be 
almost the Navy SEAL mentality that you just said. I better be able to eat anything in case I need, not knowing was at the aid station. But now today, um, like I, I think I mentioned earlier, like I've had conversations with Mike McKnight, who's keto, and um, I'm taking kind of some of his advice on what, how I'm fueling and my strategy. Um, so I'm absolutely going in that direction. And I've been feeling really like I felt really good plant-based and now I feel really good eating meat as well. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to stick with kind of um, the approach that I'm taking right now. I, like I said, I got a big February with a lot of races um, to kind of test and just see how I'm feeling and, and, you know, play around with my carb intake. Yeah. Um, and to see how well I can go with the fat adapted strategy. So you, I mean, you have to sort of for 200 milers, you don't absolutely have to, but it gives yeah. you, I mean, again, like the biggest thing with these races is how long they are. And you just can't not be digesting food. Like when you go down to bed, you have to eat something before and be working while you sleep. Uh, there's so many weird kind of nuances that aren't really logical a lot of times, but I learned a lot from Zach Bitter. I talked to him early on. I think it was like episode 18. It's way back. Um, and learning to kind of pair your diet, match your diet with your training blocks. And then I go full blown like vegan two weeks out. So when I taper, uh, physically, into a 200, which is three weeks for me personally, not, not two weeks for a hundred. Uh, I go straight up clean as clean gets, get all that extra stuff out of my system, you know, low sodium. And then I'm like really prepared, feeling good. So, but again, it's, it's not really a science. There is no training plan for a 240. So. Yeah. I mean, I want to end and I appreciate you guys going into all these details and hopefully you had a little bit of a, a good time here and I'm really rooting for you. And if I'm, po if I'm able to get out to Moab or one of these races to, to help pace or crew, I'd be happy to. I want to end with Jess. Jess, what, what's your feeling about your two brothers going in to the triple? I want to end on this high note hopefully um because <laughs> you might have the hardest job of the three people i am just excited i'm so excited to be a part of it i'm not really concerned about my job again like i said i think that becomes secondary when my goal is getting them to the finish line so for me i am excited that they have this opportunity to make history in becoming the first brothers to do the triple crown and i'm excited to be able to help them get there they've helped me so much in my life this is it's going to just be an amazing amazing opportunity and if they hit it when they hit it let's just say that when they hit it mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I, it will be something I'll never forget, and I'm sure they never forget. So, well, the three you guys are are obviously invited back throughout the triple. Anytime you need to chat, if you if you do need advice behind the scenes, feel free to reach out. And I mean, I'm I'm just blown away at just how grounded the three of you are. So, keep up the good work. I think again, you've 
you've done part of the triple R already, just mentally um, tackling a lot of hard stuff that people sometimes miss out on. So uh, where, where can we follow you on social? I'll start with Hector and then Jess, if you've opened up your accounts and Johnny. Uh, first, I want to say I want to take you up on that offer. Uh, you tell me which race you want to come out, and I'd love to have you come pace or crew any sections you want. So the invitation Deal. is there. Well, I'll, I'll have that. to I'll have to get the sign off with my wife, and yeah, yeah. Tell her you're gonna go out with Ace Rod. We're gonna get her rocking. Heck yeah, yeah. It'd be okay. great if you could come out and pace with us, man. Yeah. Absolutely, awesome. That'd be a blast. Uh, you can find me. the The best place uh, is Instagram. My handle is hrod six one nine. Best place to find me is also Instagram, and it's jrod dot twenty twenty. And then I'm also the same way. Instagram is jrod two underscores nine five one. Awesome. I mean, you guys are super inspiring. I appreciate all your time and. Now I'm going to have to watch all these other extra GPSs during the races. So you've made it more exciting too. So uh, be smart with your training. Go in feeling 100% and I'll be pulling for you whether it's in person or not. So have a great night and thank you guys. Awesome. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it. And that was episode 159. Big thank you to Hector, Jonathan, and Jess for taking so much of their time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. That was really a unique episode, a unique story. I can't wait to follow along as they go after the Triple Crown. And so big thank you to the Patreon supporters. Glad I got that shout out for you guys. We'll try to do one or two messages in the next episode or two. And again, I'm pushing. I want to give more benefits to those Patreon supporters you guys are making a lot of this work so thank you guys hopefully we'll have a new studio rollout here shortly and i want to give you guys more content and big thank you to exoskin if you haven't tried them out check out the show links uh, for a discount code again some of the most high-tech yarns in the industry and when when you break it down it's just a great product i really enjoy it so big thank you to hammer nutrition Guys, have a great week. Don't forget to enjoy your training. See ya.